sometimes sometimes we get all excited about how many pounds of something something is conditioned on like fruit or whatever yeah but then i realized we have no context to how much liquid is on there so 160 pounds of is like okay it's not a cup of beer yeah <laughs> yeah, could, yeah it could be like 200 liters of beer in 160 pounds it could be 2,000 liters of beer in 160 pounds it doesn't totally. really mean anything to us <laughs> no no kidding but it's almost like three quarters of me like worth of pineapple <laughs> okay i don't know flex but that's fine <laughs> Hey, I am the heaviest I've ever been at this point. Hashtag dad bod. <laughs> Welcome to Taste BC Radio, where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants, breweries, wineries, and just about anywhere where we can eat or drink local. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan. And we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TastePC Radio, or email us at host at tastebcradio.ca. All right, tasters, let's get into it. Hey Dan, you get into the Christmas spirit? Oh yes, it's we're getting into the time of the year when we <laughs> we drive through our neighborhood. I get a little bit of a jab from uh, my wife when uh, we see Christmas decorations, and I haven't had a chance to put uh, ours up yet. So it's like, <laughs> oh look at this house, Dan. They've got their Christmas lights up. Oh look at your colleague's house. He put his Christmas lights off up, and and they are decorated for Christmas. Hmm. And um, that's my <laughs> it's the most joyous time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds like it's time to get permanent lights. I uh, yeah, we've been uh, strongly looking at that to be honest, and I think it would be a really neat idea because yeah. I think we've got a few spots where they could go, and it would make it look really cool. And then we can just turn yeah, it. like yeah. a lot of them have apps that you can just change the lights, and they have little pre-programmed ones, and you can also do custom. And like yeah. I think it's really neat. Yeah, we just got them, and we just have a little patio space, so we got the smallest set. But we love them. I I was kind of apprehensive at first, thinking about how they would just be intrusive or whatever but at least the ones we got they sit almost flush with the roof so you can't actually see them you just see the light it projects down onto the wall and then you can change it based on the season so we have like we have like fall season lights right now they're kind of like half fall half christmasy so it's like blues and purples and whites and then at, at halloween we had like halloween colors and um then you can transition so like they're seasonal and you can change it and have it all automatic and stuff and I think that um, it's definitely worth the price because even just your time of like putting up and taking down Christmas lights every year is <laughs> it adds up pretty quick. It does. Yeah, especially after your story from last year where you were on the sketchy roof and the sketchy side and the sketchy, or maybe that was a couple of years ago, but still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember no. you had some sketchy event putting up the, the lights. Well, it's just like it's you're on the roof and like you, you like to clip them in when you get close to the edge, like you're half hanging on <laughs> and like leaning as far as you can just to just to get the light onto your uh, gutter and like oh it's so sketchy i don't like it at all okay so dan i i didn't bring this up last year but i gotta ask you Uh what are you doing being over top of the lights why don't you just go up a ladder and put them on from below uh well our roof we have like the two roofs right and so we have the roof line over the garage and so to get up to that one i would just climb onto the roof uh, garage roof and then like walk up and uh I also have a uh, a slight fear of ladders. I do not like oh, ladders. Wait, but, okay, so but you're not leaning like over off the edge of the, no. the roof to put it. No, oh, but okay. I'm getting really close. Like <laughs> I'm like <laughs> holding on to the gutter and with one hand and like reaching across and like so I can stay as far away from the edge as possible. I actually like okay. as I've gotten older, I've kind of gotten a, developed a fear of heights. And, right. Yeah, uh, that which makes is sense. Weird. Which is weird because falling is going to hurt a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have a follow-up question. Have you yes. ever seen um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? No, I don't think I have. Okay. Well, first of all, watch it because 
and then you'll probably recognize it. But yeah. um, there's a scene in it where he's putting up an excessive amount of lights, and uh, one of the one of the points he's going up, and he gets his his sleeve stuck in the staple gun that he put, and then so he's trying to rip it off, and eventually his arm rips, not his arm, his sleeve arm rips off, and he tilts over on the ladder and then and starts falling off and he pulls the gutter down with him because he tries to stop himself from falling and he pulls the gutter down and then a slog of ice from the gutter goes flying into his neighbor's window but that's beside the point anyway <laughs> that's what i picture happening to you every time you grab the gutter 100 <laughs> percent. yeah yeah so yeah so watch that movie it's a cautionary tale yeah this is why we need permanent light so i just do that once and then i'm done <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Well, I don't think I would have to go as close to the edge either, because I could just put them uh, as like to a certain point, and I imagine the light would cover the rest of it. Yeah, you well. you put them at about two two to three inches away from the wall on the bottom base oh. of the eave. Oh, perfect! Instead of hanging them on the gutter or on the outside, you actually put them underneath, and then yeah. it shines light onto the wall, and that's what creates the light. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm so, liking this um, idea. <laughs> So and, I already tried to convince you once today to get them. So this is this is the uh, callback to to that. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is like we've already bought in, like new Christmas lights, and we're like right to add to to kind of retire some of the older ones that are a little bit dull and stuff. Yeah, and, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. So maybe well, maybe we could put those somewhere else. We could put them in the bushes and stuff like that, and then I, we could put yeah. the permanent lights up top. Well, that's okay. There's no need to be fiscally responsible. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares it's only your son's first Christmas once. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, now you also told me about uh, this cool advent calendar that you got, and do you want to give us a rundown of the idea that it's going to be, and then we'll follow yes. up on it? Not actually an advent calendar. It actually has nothing oh. to do with Christmas, which is surprising. They just kind of release it around this time of the year, like just before. Oh, the I thought it was an advent calendar. Nope. No. Oh, okay. It's, it's just so cool, a cake. So it's, yeah, it looks really cool. So this year, um, I bought the Philips space case, which is, um, they tend to sell out really fast. Uh, like last year I was reading some blogs about it and there were people trying to buy them like three days after they were released and they were all gone everywhere. Wow. Uh, so very, very popular. And this year they're now I may, I might get this detail wrong. They might do this every year, but it's, they seem to be hyping up the fact this year that they, um, are releasing 12 beers that were in their tasting room and only in their tasting room. And they've never been released to the public or released to like outside of the tasting room, basically. Yeah. So it's Phillips's space case. So that's going to be uh, the next couple of episodes, my uh, my section of the what are we tasting this? What have you tasted this week? Is going to be however many that I've ha- tasted uh, between this recording and next recording, and then the following recording versus the one after that. So amazing! I'd have no idea which beer is coming up. We have the whole space case sitting in our garage because our garage is freezing cold because it's freezing cold. <laughs> so we'll probably I'll probably open individually and then put them in the fridge and when I plan to drink one and then we'll have a a right good discussion about multiple different beers. Yeah, that'll be great. 
Yeah. So we'll call it the space case edition. Uh, yeah, no, that's so cool that it's just a case because I definitely thought it was an advent calendar. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, you're going to have a lot to talk about because we only yeah. do this twice a month and you're going to have 12 beers, 15 <laughs> an episode, 12, 12 beers an episode to talk about. But no, yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Yes. Cool. So it's um, just 12 and it's kind of neat. It's like a flat box. And like those carrying this from the liquor mm-hmm. store that just happened to be across the mall uh, from across the street from the mall that we were parked at. And like, so I was getting a lot of like weird looks because it's, it looks a bit different than your typical case. Yeah, of for beer, sure. I think they're li- lying flat. So this like thin box that uh, is pink, or, sorry, <laughs> purple, green and white and all these cool designs yeah. on it. And I'm just carrying it through the mall. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I, um, I got a nude, advent calendar a few years back i think i've talked about it a couple times yeah. and it had 24 individual nudes and some of them were unique flavors Ooh. that were only ever released for that advent calendar wow so yeah any ones that you particularly remember yes there was a cucumber one oh that i have I been begging them to bring back <laughs> <laughs> oh you're the one that keeps commenting on all their social media posts bring back the yeah cucumber. that's me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah a couple of them a couple of them have since been released at least as temporary mm-hmm. but not the cucumber one ever it was my favorite in the whole pack that's wild that is so interesting because i'm sure there yeah. were some really uh interesting sounding flavors and it's funny that it's cucumber yeah. is the one that really stood out yeah well i mean they're they were all good um yes. but a lot of them were flavors that they already had so like the black right. cherry and all that kind of stuff and yep. then it was it was actually a really good business model decision because it introduced you to different things you might not have tried like their tequila sodas and their gin sodas right but yeah i think the the only problem with alcohol advent calendars is that you might not want to have alcohol every day so then if you want to play like you might just end up drinking them just in, like three in one night yeah. after a series of time and then you realize like okay this kind of defeats the purpose of it but it's yeah. still a good way to kind of explore different things so for sure if you have uh if you have the ability to have one a day it's a it's a good yeah. gig i i know like yeah. bc liquor store tends to release an advent calendar every year or cascadia does the vancouver island specific uh private liquor stores yeah they do like a release and it's it's a really interesting way to find or to to, to taste uh beer from different breweries across the province i always found it really neat because you would get beers that you wouldn't necessarily go out of your way to try and so it forces yeah. you out of your comfort zone which is kind of nice. yeah yeah which is cool now if you can hear a leaf blower in the background i apologize the strata insists on leaf blowing only when we record so yeah I think that's in the it, bylaws now, isn't it? <laughs> I can't. I I I don't understand it. But we were planning on recording a couple of weeks ago, and I had to shift it last minute. And then I said, "Oh, it's a good thing we didn't because they're leaf blowing." And then the next time we recorded, it was leaf blowing. And then this time, it's leaf blowing, and I don't understand it. It's always the same. It's it's always when we record it. We record it different times too, so it doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> So to I apologize fair, I if there's a little anything, hum in the background. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. heard a little bit of it there, but it's quite faint. Yeah. Cute. Anyway, if anybody cares, my walkway is entirely leaf-free. Nice. Go walk by <laughs> Jeff's place. <laughs> Let's get into it. What do you have for us this week, Jeff? So we 
assigned missions to ourselves uh, recently. I was assigned to go to a brewery in Delta, and Dan was assigned to go to a brewery in Victoria, each of which had won some prestigious awards recently. So I'm first going to talk about mine, and it is Barnside Brewing Co. in Delta. They recently won the BC Breast Brewery Experience Award from the BC Ale Trails, and because of that, I was reintroduced to them and decided to go check it out for the first time. So we went on the long, the previous long, this past long weekend, uh, the Remembrance Day long weekend, and got down there on a Sunday morning. And it's a very pretty drive out there once you get into Delta, going through the farmland and everything. And then when you roll up, there's a small gravel parking lot, and you're essentially just a farm building and a small patio and then they're actually expanding to a permanent structure patio outside as well and they're hoping to be done by the end of this year or probably early next year but they're all doing it themselves so um don't have uh, an exact estimate anyway uh before i continue there is further parking across the street so don't panic if the parking lot's full they have a whole other lot and overflow parking in case they're busy so we we panicked at first and said where do we park um (laughs) so barnside brewing was started in 2019 when four farming families in delta realized that they had everything they needed to start a brewery one farm had started growing hops to help supply the uh, BC beer revolution that has been happening over the past decade. One farm was growing barley, which was just for crop rotation to help get a, a better yield on their other grains that they grow throughout the year. And then two farmers, fam- two farming families were doing some home brewing in their old dairy barns. And funny enough, they all talked to each other, said, hey, look, we can we can make beers and start a brewery. Why don't we do this? And so Barnside Brewing was born. Hmm. Um, I can't find anything about this online, but I saw in the brewery, apparently at least some of the land of Barnside has been in the family or one of the families since before Canada was a country. Hmm. So the early 1800s, there were people on that land that are still now involved in that family that are now running Barnside Brewing. Wow. From what I saw in the bar in the actual uh, brewery, but again, I can't find any confirmation of that online. Hmm. Um, what's really cool about what they do is everything that they use to produce their beers, they grow on their farm, and in some in some of their actual beers, they have no more than a one mile radius from the brewery the ingredients come from. Wow! Yeah. So if you Amazing. want local, this is <laughs> about as local as it gets. <laughs> They've also captured their own wild yeast cultures and use those in some of the beers as well, which is really cool. You get just like pure Delta local beers. The brewery and it's the, the food that it serves attached to it is very focused on sourcing as local as possible. So they want to support the community. They want to keep the, you know, the, the wealth within the the community and the province. And so they try to keep everything that they get as close as possible to the source, which is where they're where they are in Delta. They take a lot of pride in the beers that they make and how it kind of is representative of Ladner and, and Delta mm-hmm. and the you know the soil that they like the clay soil that they have there and then like being close to the ocean and having a very kind of flat and like minerality. They do some really cool things with their beer as well. So in terms of beers, they have uh, several kind of 
staples, including Honeycomb Pale Ale, Farmer's Tap Craft Lager, Ladner Clay IPA. They also do a Hopyard Sour, which is a one, one of their one-mile beers. So everything comes from within one mile of the brewery. And then they harvest the yeast for that beer as well and use it to um, culture and um, like they let it like use wild yeast to to ferment and get a little sour and then sometimes they'll take that and then they'll add some fruit to it and so they when i was there they had a blackberry sour uh using this as a base and they had a raspberry sour and they've had other other versions of other fruits as well they also do or they continue to do a bourbon imperial oatmeal stout which is extremely like malty and rich and chocolatey and then they age it in bourbon barrels for 12 months and then they bottle it and so it gets a lot of that bourbon like oakiness vanilla flavor incorporated in and it makes it this really kind of like strong uh it's 11.2 abv it doesn't drink like that it definitely feels imperial and it definitely feels barrel aged but i'm actually not a huge fan of barrel aged stouts and this one was still uh, quite enjoyable they do a kind of toned down version of that one as well which is just their imperial oatmeal stout I, will, I believe that's the beer before it goes into the bourbon barrel. And that one's 8%. So just the aging process allows some of the evaporation to happen and mm-hmm. bumps it up by almost 50% more alcohol content, which is pretty Oof. incredible. Wow. They do an open fermentation extra special bitter, which I actually didn't try. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of ESBs, but I didn't realize it's open fermentation. If I had, I probably would have tried it. And then they've got some... They do some specials, which are typically not displayed on their website, but are on their in-person menu that you can check out and obviously do flights and try. Everything that we tried was very tasty. So we got two flights. We got the Honeycomb Pale Ale, the Ladner City IPA, the Patterson Park West Coast IPA, and Imperial Oatmeal Stout. We also got the yeah raspberry version of the Hopyard Sour, the blackberry version of the Hopyard Sour. And then they had an experimental IPA called a Tamarack. That one was very, very good. Super smooth and really easy to drink. Uh, and then they had a peaches and cream brandy milk stout. Oh and that gosh. was that was like a really strong one. I actually didn't vibe with that one super well, but I could tell, like, I, I understood the appeal to it, but I'm not a, a big fan of like really, really strong beers. I like it a little bit lighter and a little bit smoother and easier to drink right now. This would be perfect for someone that really wants to just kind of get that huge punch of flavor. And like, yeah, so I think you actually, Dan, would really love this one and should, and should try to find it. 100%. But for me, for I think as I've gotten older, I just, I want it to be, and I think I'm drinking a lot more like vodka sodas and like less, like, like kind of like smoother drinks. I, it was, um, it was a lot for me at brunch. <laughs> so it was definitely, it was definitely good and flavorful and I enjoyed it. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's more up the alley of someone like you who really wants those like really like super, super flavorful ones. So, um, for me, I think the standout one was the, um, the experimental IPA, the Tamarack. So yeah, they also do some uh, heritage beers, they call it, and they just do bombers of them. And so right now they have a blueberry milkshake IPA and a strawberry sour. Um, those both uh, are not available on tap, but I think look phenomenal. I'd love to try the blueberry milkshake IPA. So they also do food. What's our number one rule about food at a brewery, Dan? Pretzel and beer cheese. That's right. So we got the beer baked pretzel and beer cheese. And let me tell you, this was the best pretzel and probably the best beer cheese that I have ever had, period. 
Wow. Holy crap. It was absolutely incredible. The pretzels are actually made just down the road from them, figuratively, not literally, at a local bakery. And they, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I asked them and then they said it and then I didn't quite hear them properly. So I pretended like I knew what they were saying and then I just <laughs> got awkward. And st- <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the beer baked pretzel and beer cheese was an absolute, absolute winner. Um, easily the best one that I've ever had. Then we also got brunch. They only do brunch on Sundays. Uh, we got uh, country croque madame. So I'm used to a croque madame coming with sauce and one egg. And then, but this one came with two eggs, uh, soft poached. And I'm glad it didn't come with sauce because that was enough egg to make it soft and delicious and didn't make it so heavy that I felt like kind of dumpy afterwards because I had so much kind of like heaviness to yeah. it. And if you don't know what a croque madame is, it's basically like a fancy grilled cheese with a poached egg on top. Uh, and then we also got the winter harvest salad, which was really nice. It had like a ranch dressing and a really big portion of salad with like mixed greens and uh, if I remember cranberries and some nuts and I think apples and uh, I think croutons. Uh, I might be getting a couple of ingredients wrong, but really hearty and um oh i think there was like there was also there was um uh cooked warm nugget potatoes as well um which i love a warm potato in a cold salad i don't know what it is about it i think it's the kind of the contrast that really gets me going but yeah this was an absolute winner of a salad as well and i know that you don't normally think of getting a salad at a brewery but because we were getting the croque madame and the pretzel i wanted something a little bit lighter and i was super happy with this and would get it again without hesitation so uh a lot of their other stuff looks really good they have a curry roasted pumpkin hummus they have a couple flatbreads including a local lox or a chicken fajita um, they do a daily soup, uh, and they have a Ranchero breakfast wrap as well, just to name a few. So really, really flavorful, uh, small little kitchen they do. It looks like I just kind of took a peek. It looks like they do most of it with an induction burner and maybe like a toaster oven or something. So, yeah. um, yeah, really small setup, but they do a really, really good job with it. And, uh, it was really impressive. The award that they won from BC Ale Trails was the best brewery experience. And I must say the service was amazing. You're able to have your dog on the patio on leash, obviously. They're expanding their patio, so it's going to be even better. They've got some heaters on the patio as well. Well, half of the patio as well. And uh, all the serving staff was incredible. They've got some really cool merch. They've got some great gift set boxes of different types of beers. They've got some good history about their place up on the walls. Oh, and one thing I need to mention about them as well is, you know, the the plastic caps that you get on four caps? Yeah. If you bring those back to them, um, you're entered into a draw to win a four pack of beer. And they do the draw every month. And every time you bring it back, you get an entry into it. What? So, yeah. And you don't have to purchase anything when you bring it back. It's just if you happen to drop by, you can bring them back and then you put into the draw. And then so they do 12 giveaways a year for that just wow. to get them back and recycled. So they do they do have some really cool things going on. I know or they've only been around for four years. And I'm really excited if they've massively expanded in that time in terms of getting product out. We see a lot of breweries that expand kind of their experience. And these guys have done it really well kind of the whole experience uh, across the line, including getting out to uh, stores and stuff. So they are everywhere. They are all over Vancouver, all over Vancouver Island in a number of liquor stores. They've got a huge, huge list on their website, tons of BCLS, tons of the, or all of the Cascadias. Uh, Dan, you mentioned earlier in this episode, 
basically if it's a larger chain of liquor stores they're there and if it's a smaller one they probably have them as well i don't know to what extent but they are all over the lower mainland and vancouver island so definitely can check that out and then on tap they're actually at several restaurants and pubs. Uh, you might have even had them and not known it. So tons of places in Delta, Richmond, several in Vancouver, a couple in North Van, Burnaby, a lot on uh, Surrey, White Rock, and the Fraser Valley. There's even a couple on, there's one on Main Island Salt, wow. and one on Salt Spring Island and five places in Vancouver Island that you can get them on tap. What? All, they're all mid-island, though. So wow. Nanaimo, Campbell River, Comox, Tofino. So wherever you live, if you're <laughs> south of Kelowna, you can get your hands on these. Uh, I'm sure that they can be found relatively close to you if you're south of Kelowna. And uh, definitely check them out. If you feel like going for a drive to Barnside itself, they're located at 6655 60th Avenue in Delta. Brunch only available on Sundays. Uh, not Saturdays or holidays. So I was lucky to be there on a Sunday. Didn't expect that. Didn't know they had brunch. But when I got there, I was very happy about it. That's a happy surprise. That was nice. Yeah, always a happy. Brunch is always a happy surprise. <laughs> really great job, Barnside. I am excited to go back. It's actually as fast for me to get there from my house to, as some of the Langley breweries. So I'll be I'll be back for sure. Sweet. It is really impressive that they've gotten themselves out to a lot of places fairly quickly as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and you see all the time you see people breweries on the island that can't get off the island and breweries on the mainland that can't get on the island or, or choose not to. Yeah. And so it's really nice to see that they've they've gotten across the water there onto the island as totally. well. But just gotta get up north now. I'm looking out for that brandy one for sure. All right, Dan. So what I would like to know is what the heck you've been tasting? Well, I've been tasting this week. Um, actually, I have to admit this was a couple of weeks ago. Oops. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the, I think I've talked a little bit about this series before on the show, and this one was right up there with a uh, with the best of them. And it is uh, Phillips's Dino Sour. So kind of going back to the whole di- Phillips just kind of keeps pumping out these amazing beers and I like cannot get enough of this. And the Dino Sour series is something that I always, always look out for. They have some amazing beers. Their Stone Fruit Dino Sour is one of the best sours I think I've ever had. And this is right up there with it. And they've added a little bit of a, of a, of a change to this one. So generally speaking, their Dino Sours are more on the lighter side. And this one as it's called uh has a little bit more oomph to it so this one is called the dino sour power and it's a cherry lime sour and so what they okay yeah i'm pretty sure that my sister just had this a couple days ago when i saw her at my parents place oh it's so good my my dad was saying oh i have this this one or whatever and then she looked over she's like oh dino sour i was like that was a dino sour (laughs) (laughs) so did you taste it as well I didn't get it. No, I didn't taste it, unfortunately. Oh, um, but yeah, this one um, uh, we saw uh, and uh, saw it was released and was immediately intrigued. And of uh, you, like I said, they're generally speaking, they're on the lighter side. So it's a really good introduction to sour beer because uh, they're not overly sour, but they still you still have that essence of the sourness, the tartness, the kettle-y uh, taste to it. This one and, and with that, you get lower ABVs. So they're generally like four or five percent. This one is seven, and you don't necessarily notice that it's seven percent. So it is a very dangerous beer, and in, in the best oh, yeah. possible way. 
So what they've done is they've uh, soured the beer with their own in-house cultured lacto strain, which I think is really neat that they've kind of uh, cultured their own uh, their own yeast. Um, and then they've also added the juice of, the, of like the cherry and lime juice pre and post fermentation. So which makes it like oh, both tart and fruity. Um, so yeah, yeah. and like you can really every sip you get that immediate kind of hit to the tart tartness and then it finishes off this like lovely like cherry so i'd say it starts that you get a lime hit uh, with the tartness and then it finishes off with this delightfully cherry flavor profile to finish off and it is amazing and very very dangerous considering it's seven percent because it does not yeah. taste like it's a seven percenter so yeah, that's awesome definitely if you're a fan or if you're trying to get into sour beer i would maybe not start with this one i'd try a different dino sour my preference would be the stone fruit but if you're enjoying sours this is like your next step i would say absolutely a, yeah it's a wonderful wonderfully balanced beer and it won't it'll smack you in the face but not in the way that other sours will where you're just like puckering from from drinking it this one is uh, powerful but in a different way <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious to see. I'm I, that's exciting. Like, if it does well enough, I imagine they'll continue the power series and try some other stuff too. I'm hoping so. Yeah, because I am a big fan, big fan already. So I'm again, that's I'm awesome. always excited to see what kind of dino sour they come up with next. So this one is definitely right up there with some of my favorites for sure. All right, Jeff, I've gotten, uh, I've told you what I've been drinking the last couple of weeks. What about you? Well, I have a food item, something that. Huh is very different from anything we've talked well it's not different from what we talked about but this the way i'm going to do this is very different so we as you know we've gone to gibson or well the sunshine coast the last couple of years mm-hmm. and in the summer and not this year but last year when we went we went to um the shortcut which i've talked about yeah well actually both years we went to the shortcut but um two years ago because it's right outside of the gibson's heritage farm there's a, a farm stand there and they put out product that is ready to be sold and whatever and you just you transfer them or leave cash in the box and take what it is and it's total honor system but the point is we got some beans there some of the fresh beans like not green beans like um like beans in the pod mm-hmm. and brought them home let them dry and to be honest kind of forgot about them hmm. and then last week i was going on a rampage and probably procrastinating for school and i was doing a bunch of cleaning i was organizing and cleaning the kitchen and i was meal prepping for the rest of the week and i found these dried beans and i was like oh these dried beans and i was like well now's the time and so i soaked them overnight and then i boiled them the next day and i used them in a a stew that we had but i made a point to also try the beans on their own and they were unbelievable so they were they looked like great northern beans in terms of the shape and size but instead of kind of brown spots on it it had purple spots and the pod was it looked like something was white and then painted purple but the purple paint was starting to peel off like that's kind of like the the color of it was was really cool the beans themselves were super velvety they had a really really like meaty texture like very much like kind of like chicken breast like Mm. texture wow and um the flavor was neutral but also really kind of earthy and like um like it wasn't overpowering in any way like a black bean right or pinto bean but it was so it could absorb the flavors of the stew but again when i tried it on my own it it held its own flavor like i could probably just like snack on them honestly like you boil them and then like cook them up like like roasted chickpeas or something 
And I ended up emailing the farm and saying, this is embarrassing, but I don't remember the name of this bean because uh, it was a year and a half ago. And um, Robin almost immediately got back to me and uh, she's the, the, the manager there and owner. And she almost immediately got back to me and we went back and forth a couple of times and she said, was it this bean? I'm like, no, it was this bean? No. And, and then finally I kind of gave the description I just gave you. And she's like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And so the bean is called a bingo pole bean, like bingo, like yeah, stamp yeah. five across and you get a bingo. bingo so bingo pole, pole bean. Huh. And pole like the opposite of push, right? No, pole like uh, like a flagpole. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. So would you say that they're just, they're, they look as I described them to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So super cool. Just a totally unique experience with that. And I was really impressed. They, I guess, grow well on the Pacific Northwest. But what's cool about these specifically is that they didn't grow them last year. And they might not grow them next year. What? And they just kind of come across seeds and and whatever that they're going to grow and there's obviously some things that they can they can use every year like some of their lettuces and and some of their stuff but Mm -hmm. yeah it was really cool it was a unique experience to that if they ever grow them again or if you ever come across them somewhere else i highly recommend checking them out yeah yeah um you can cook them straight from fresh or you can dry them and then cook them later and uh in my case i did the latter and they still were absolutely incredible and and yeah i highly recommend you know not only this place gibson's farm market or sorry gibson's heritage farm but also if you ever come across a farm stand or a farmer's market and you don't know what something is just try it yeah just try it give it a psa for the day yeah give it a whirl because you never know yeah i'm i'm strongly considering buying a pack of these seeds and trying to grow them on my own because i'm not convinced they're going to grow it next year and it's going to make me so sad (laughs) (laughs) but yeah oh man i gotta i gotta up my tasting game that was cool yeah well i'm excited for your your space case series yes yeah me too all right i already upped it there we go So let me hear about your award-winning brewery. So my the brewery that I got to go and enjoy won Rookie Brewery of the Year, and it's got a really interesting kind of story to it. On the surface, like it's attached to Craft Beer Market, which is like a chain of restaurants, and uh, they just opened uh, one in Victoria. I want to say like a year or two ago. I can't remember exactly, but the owners of that specific restaurant really wanted to try something different, and they had some extra space in the building the restaurant is in, and it just so happens that the building itself had a brewery in it before called Canoe Club, which had been around in Victoria for a long, long time. Rather than kind of making it their own in the sense of like bringing their own stuff in there, they actually kept all of uh, Canoe Club's brewing equipment in its same spot and opened their own brewery, which I thought was really cool. So they hired a head brewer from BC, and his name was Adam Moreau, and um, who actually owned his own brewery up until uh, 2021, unfortunately, when I think... Because he opened his brewery in Salmon Arm in 2020, and unfortunately, I think right around when COVID started, and I don't think his business survived because of that, unfortunately. But he was making waves in the Salmon Arm community, and also the brewing community, and so the uh, craft management uh, sought him out and had him come in to be be their head brewer for Swift Brewing. And so 
they opened this year. I think they were scheduled to open in May, and I think they got pushed back to, I want to say, June or July. So really, really new. And I had had it earmarked for a long time to go look, and uh, as you know, life happens, and it's uh, difficult sometimes to go uh, out and into the community and go try somewhere new, but we finally got a chance to do it, and I'm so glad that I did. So Swift Ring, like I said, won Rookie Brewery of the Year at the BC uh, Awards this year, and I can see why. So they've mixed... Uh, delicious beers with a really, really fun and cool concept for the brewery. So they have gone out and bought a bunch of like vintage stuff and made it yeah, look yeah. the brewery look like a 70s like basement and it is so it's like straight out of that 70s show it exactly <laughs> yeah and where my wife and i sat we're in this like these like really old 70s couches and and then there's these uh, uh they've got vhs tapes of like old movies yeah. uh, on a in a cupboard across the way there and then a really old school tv that's super blurry and like just so pixely <laughs> and uh, I, I do think it should go uh without being said though that all the furniture is in perfect condition it's not like old oh. old ready yeah yeah no, like everything sorry. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely perfect not gross <laughs> yeah it looks like not even like the the shelvings and stuff is even buffed up or anything it's like no. all like actually perfect condition yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah no um yes my apologies my description was not <laughs> no 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 was it was leaving. good but yeah. Leaving out a, uh, a very uh, important aspect where yeah. it is not some dirty, grungy, like... It's not like they got, like, old old furniture from, like, your mom's basement. It's no, like they or, actually, like, some like, garage got... sale yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, super cool. They had Star Wars playing on the VHS on the big, like, oh, really sweet. fat TV. And, like, oh, it was so cool. Really, really cool spot to go and uh, just hang out and drink some beer. A little bit more about the uh, building that it's actually in. So, the building is in its original condition on the outside. And, obviously, they've had to do renovations inside. But they've kept the original kind of structure to it. And I didn't actually know this about uh, about the actual building so it was first built in 1894 so way back when and it served as a power plant for victoria and since then it has become a welding shop a grain warehouse and multiple bit different businesses restaurants and breweries over the year and it is still standing (laughs) which is wild so it's been open for 129 years and and like the outside is still the original obviously it's probably had to have some like safety upgrades and stuff like that but yeah. The overall structure is exactly the same as what it was built in 1894. So really, really cool. Very amazing spot. You're you're right on the water. You're looking over the uh, Johnson Street Bridge. They've got a massive patio beside at Craft that you can go and enjoy. Um, just a really, really cool place to go and grab a beer. Yeah, awesome. The Pièce de la Résistance, the beer itself. Though we got a flight to share between the my wife and I, and uh, they were absolutely delicious. They had um, one of my favorites was a Hawaii Five O pineapple wheat. And, oh. a norm- and normally, uh, wheat beers, I'm not always a huge fan of, and I don't know what it is about the, like the wheat ale style, but it just doesn't vibe with. <sighs> I don't know how to describe it. It just is a little too sweet, I think, for my taste. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But they did an incredible job, and I think they've nailed this one. So what they've done is they've used, obviously, wheat, and they've also added fluffy oats to it. And then mm. they've dry hopped it with Azaka hops. 
and then conditioned it on 160 pounds of pineapple puree, which I think is really <laughs> cool. Uh, it was beautifully balanced, definite forward flavor of pineapple, which I always found, like, I've had pineapple beers in the past, and they've they kind of tasted like artificially flavored pineapple. And this one actually had some true fruit, like pineapple fruit notes to it. And yeah. it tasted like I was eating a pineapple with a beer. It was really, really yeah. spectacularly done. Like fresh pineapple, none of that canned pineapple. Exactly. None of that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Other ones of note, their shit Night Shift Session Stout was a wonderfully smooth stout. Very easy to drink. It almost it was almost as smooth as a nitro without actually being a nitro. So I oh, found cool. that to be really well done. We also had their uh, mixed berry wheat ale, which is their blackberry and raspberry ale. And I found that one to be absolutely delicious. We also had their Shagtoberfest lager, which was a little bit like it was a more hoppy lager. And it was it was good. It was really good. Awesome. One that I wish I got, their uh, Smooth Operator, which is their Citra Hazy Pale Ale, which I unfortunately, I, I didn't realize that it was a uh, award-winning one. Otherwise, I would have gotten a taste of it, but it sounds yeah, sure. to be incredible as well. So they've used... I love Citra Hops. It's, yeah, it's yeah. they're really good. Lots of tropical notes and stuff. Super, super delicious. And the ones that I've had in the past. Um, yeah. But it's one of the ones that you find year-round. Uh, and you can also get in can. So yeah. I will be looking out for, for one of those very, very soon. The other, uh, the last one we tried, which was our Mama Jama Sour, um, which was quite good as well. Probably not one that you want to start with if you're just dabbling in sours. It was quite sour and a uh, little bit of a pucker factor, but very nice tropical notes to balance out the sourness. So a really, really awesome. good flight overall. And just an ama- just a great experience going to the brewery itself, being submerged in the blast from the past time, which uh, a time we remember well. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like we were transported back into somebody's like basement in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Which does it's awesome. not meant to be creepy in any sense. <laughs> um, in terms of food, they offer some really cool snacks. Uh, that are based on their uh, based on like old school. So they have Chex Mix, they have uh, Party Mix olives, and then they have Jiffy Pop, like white oh, cheddar awesome. all dressed and salt and vinegar Jiffy Pop, which I thought was kind of cool. Cool. They uh, offer some uh, daily uh, specials as well. So uh, between two and five, they have two dollars off of their pints of beer. They have wings and beer night. Uh, they have a burger night, and they have Sunday night fever, which I think is a fun, good way to. Uh, a fun name for it and so you get half price pints and four dollar picklebacks and five dollar shaft well awesome uh the bonus to being attached to a restaurant is you can also order the restaurant food and they'll bring it over to the brewery for you to enjoy so you have a full full menu uh to choose from they also offer some wines and um and also some cocktails as well which is lovely if you're not into drinking beer but still want to be feel like you're in the 1970s Other than that, I think that's all I have about the the brewery. It's uh, it it's I I like the fact that it's already won an award, and I also mm-hmm. feel really good for the head brewer as well because it sounds like he went through a pretty tough time with opening his dream of having his own brewery and then having something that was completely out of his out of his control kind of derail the entire thing. So yeah, it's good yeah. to see him back on his feet, and I, he's clearly a very gifted brewer, and I'm excited to see what he has to brew next. Yeah, awesome. If you find yourself in the neighborhood of downtown Victoria, maybe you were alive in the 70s, maybe you weren't, and just want to <laughs> see what it was all about, you can find Swift Brewery at 450 Swift Street. 
Hey. In Victoria, BC. Yeah, there you go. Well, we figured out where they get the name from. Hey, yeah. <laughs> no prizes on guessing why it's called Swift. Well, that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey. Taste BC Radio is recorded, edited, and produced by Jeff Wilson and me, Dan Kavanaugh. You can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our Taste BC map. Make sure to follow us at Taste BC Radio on Instagram and Facebook, and we'd love to have you join our community on Patreon. You can also now connect with us on Untapped. Links are in the show notes. Tune in next time to find out what we will be tasting next, and never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really helps us grow, and we really do appreciate the feedback. Until next time, support local and keep, keep it tasty. Thanks. What's our number one rule about food at a brewery, Dan? It's gotta be good. <laughs> nope. Gotta be tasty. It has to do with something that you have to get. Nachos? Try again. It has, there's one item at a brewery that you always have to get no matter what. Oh, 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 a uh, pretzel. Pretzel and beer cheese. That's right. And oh, God, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> on the spot there. <laughs>